Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. We've been looking at the book of Ephesians specifically recently. We're on the armor of God. Looked at the belt of truth. We saw how the belt of truth, uh, how the devil will certainly try and come against us with that. But if we are equipped with the truth of God's word, that it is a defense for us. And, in, and the belt is something that holds all the pieces together. The breastplate of righteousness, of course, held in there by the belt of truth and the armor that, he, that he's speaking of here with the Romans. But righteousness and how important that is for us to understand that there is nothing else that is needed but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Satan would try to come and try and diffuse that by getting us to think, well, there's our works that are involved. There's something we need to do. We need to be sorry for our sins and that, uh, you know, feel real great remorse and having some guilt. And all that really helps out, but that's not the righteousness that we're called to. And as long as we stand with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, we have access to the throne room of God, His promises, and we can declare with, that His truth is, is right. The shoes of peace, we see as long as we meditate on the things we're supposed to meditate on, don't worry, don't fear, don't fret, don't have anxiety about things, that we stay in peace, and that gives us a firm foundation. That peace is not only a defensive position, a defensive weapon, but it's also an offensive one. We saw last week about the shield of faith, that the shield of faith is, is there for us to, to protect us and to keep us from the fiery darts of the wicked one, that the fiery darts of the wicked one, they were, they're not just arrows, they are filled with explosive fire that would try and come down and burn us. And no, they can't get into us. The, the shield of faith, as long as we meditate on the things of the Word, as long as we meditate and keep our mind focused on those things. But Satan wants to come, and he wants us to focus on other things. And so he sends these fiery darts in there. And the, the Word of God uses the word quench. We saw that if we quench them, if we, the same way we quench the Spirit, we can quench the fiery darts. And that is don't give mind to it, don't give ear to it, don't yield to it. And we do the same thing here. And the shield of faith helps us with that. Then we go on to verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We'll take the helmet of salvation. We're just going to cover that one here, here today. Uh, let's take off, first off, the word take. Up until now, Paul has used phrases like put on. And uh, gird yourself with the belt of truth. Well, that's a particular word for putting on the belt of truth. And, uh, and so forth with the shoes and the breastplate as well. The shield of faith was... Uh, was uh, used the word take. That one we saw was analambano, to take to oneself. But now we have a different word for take. And I look up, looked up in Vines to find out how many words were used in the, uh, from the Greek that are translated take. Are you ready for this? 34. 34 different Greek words that are translated in our Bible as take. That's a whole lot of words. To mean that. So 34 of them. But um, in this particular one, dekomai, it means to take, to receive, accept, or approve. If you look at Vines on this word, he adds uh, hardiness in with the taking. But in the New Testament, this particular word has a threefold pattern of use. The first pattern is to receive someone or to welcome them. The second is to take hold of or to seize something. And the third is to approve or accept something. That all the many uses of this particular word for take in the Bible, you can divide it into these three, sex, three, these three purposes, these three patterns. Now, this word is mostly found in the Gospels. In the Gospels, you will see this word used 33 times. 
Here's what's interesting. Only John only uses it once in all of his writings. His book and his epistles, he only uses it one time in the Gospels. The other 32 times occur in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Paul uses this word 14 times. Acts uses it nine times. And Hebrews and James each use it one time. This particular use here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, falls under the second pattern. To take hold of to, or to seize something. To take hold of or to seize something. So what he is telling us to do here, these other things we're supposed to put on and they're supposed to be upon us. But this one is different. He says, take the helmet of salvation and... The sword of the Spirit. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. He is tying these two pieces in together with this word take, which means to take hold of or to seize something. So, take the helmet of salvation. Now, we need to understand what a helmet is. Because that's what he's he's tying this into. So, we don't want to understand some things from from a helmet. Most times that we've heard, I've heard people teach on the helmet of salvation, we're looking at it from the standpoint of salvation protects your mind. How many have ever heard that kind of thing? It protects your thoughts and protects your, your, your thinking and, and so forth like that. But bear this in mind. If you want to protect your mind and your thoughts, what is it that you would grab? I would grab the Word. And what particular about the Word of God is going to help you out with that? Of all the pieces of armor... Well, the sword is the Word of God. But faith in the Word of God, is that not what protects your mind? If I got my mind going off on things that it's not supposed to, haven't I left faith? And isn't it the shield of faith that is to protect us from dwelling on the fiery darts? If the shield of faith is to protect us from from dwelling on those things, how about the shoes of peace? If we are at peace, what's our mind going to be doing? I mean, can you have peace without your mind being involved? <coughs> Where does the truth of uh, the, the belt of truth affect? Doesn't that affect your mind? How about the breastplate of righteousness? What does that affect? Doesn't righteousness affect your mind? Don't you, don't you get guilt feelings in your mind? Don't you get feelings of inadequacy in your mind? If we have four pieces of armor that are already there protecting our mind and we are supposed to put them on and keep them on, but here it says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Doesn't that give the impression that you don't always hold them? Now, we can understand that with the the sword, but we want to follow the helmet. We want to follow the helmet throughout... That how it's used here, and even how it's used today. We want to follow this thing of the helmet. So what is the better protection of our thoughts? I put in here than the faith in God's Word. If I have faith in God's Word, are not my thoughts protected? We already went over the role of truth, righteousness, and peace. So the helmet, I don't see as redundantly protecting us against this, the same schemes of the enemy. Because again, we're to take this up. Now, the shield of faith, when you would encounter certain aspects of the battle, then you were to take up analambano, the shield of faith. But here we are to take up salvation and there there are certain times that you would put these things on and take these things out. I want you to think, how many of y'all know what Sunday is? Everybody know what Sunday is? 
Everybody should know what Sunday is if you're American. I know it's not the first, but it's really opening season. It's really opening season. Sunday is, I mean, two other teams are starting earlier, but it's opening season on Sunday. It's a, now, I want you to picture a football team on the sidelines. On the sidelines. And they're getting ready to go into the battle, which is on the field. When they come on off from the sidelines, haven't you ever seen them take their helmet off and sometimes sit on their helmet or sit by their helmet? And then when they go into battle, what do they do? They put it on. Why? Because it's protection. It goes into battle. Now, when I read some of the things about this, um, this particular helmet, it, it sounded an awful lot like a football helmet. It's got that kind of cushioning on the inside of it, but it uh, has metal on the outside, and they were decorated. Now, how many of you all can picture a Roman, a Roman uh, helmet? I mean, it's a gorgeous thing to look at. It's got that nice red uh, thing up on the top. And, and apparently they have different types of helmets. They have some that are more show. So if you're in a marching in a parade or something like that, then they would have ones with longer manes or whatever they call them. And then if you're in battle, you would have uh, other ones that wouldn't have something that would get in your way. But you would still put this helmet on and then go out into the, in the battle. But it's a heavy thing. And you all know from, how many of you ever, well, maybe not too many people here play football, but I play football some, and you put the helmet on, and it presses against your skull in a very uncomfortable manner. And so you, when you're on the field, you want that helmet on. But if you're not on the field, it kind of helps to take the thing off, even though a lot of times you'll see them still in there. Uh, but they come out of the tunnel. There's no, we don't need to have the helmet on then. We go into the sidelines. We put that thing on. What is it about salvation that we are to take up? Because we, can't, we don't just take up being saved, do we? I don't put down being saved. I'm always saved. So the helmet of salvation has to be something different. So I began to think more and just ponder, what is it about the helmet? Now, the helmet will do a couple of things for you. As far as a piece of armor go, the helmet is one of the last pieces to go on. You put all your other pieces of armor on before you put the helmet on. There's a good reason for that. It's hard to see with a helmet on. It's a tough thing to, to do. You know, we sometimes play hockey, and every once in a while we have to take a shot in, in goal. And have you ever seen the goalie mask? You can barely see anything with a goalie mask on except what's straight in front of you. So when you're getting all that other equipment on as a goalie, then you put all the other equipment on first, and what goes on last? Helmet is that's not exactly the last. It's one of, but it's one of the last pieces of piece, uh, things you put on. The glove hand is the, actually the last piece you put on, kind of like the sword. But <laughs> you put that helmet on, and then you you put that glove hand on because you need your your hand to get that that part of it on. But it, you put it on last. So what is it about this piece? It's one of the things that goes on last. It is distinctive of an army. A Roman soldier had the same helmet as, a, as another one. might be a different size, but they had the same helmet, didn't they? Same color, same stuff on the top. Whatever color they had, that's what color was going to be. It was distinctive of an army. And you would look out and you would see that army, and there's the Roman colors. You'd see the helmet. It would identify you to friend and foe. Another Roman way to tell that you are a Roman and not something else. And the helmets would differ from army to army. Some of them look like lions. Some of them look like elephants. 
Some of them were made out of metal. Some of them had etchings on it. Some had carvings on it. They were decorative as could be. But they all had the same type of helmet. You could distinguish an army by the helmet that they would wear. Greek helmet, Roman helmet. If you go out and look at the football field, you will distinguish the team by what piece? More so than any other. It's the helmet. Because if you look at the New York Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're kind of close. Used to be closer. Now they're a little bit, little bit more apart. But, you know, the colors are the same. But the helmet is, is different. It's distinctive. And when you're out there in the battlefield, it's the helmet that will set you apart. It will attract the enemy to you. Won't it? But it also lets your own people know, this is I'm one of these guys. It will identify you to friend or foe. It's also very decorative. Very ornamental. You can put all kinds of stuff on the on the helmet. And now, if you're a football, per, uh, someone on a football team, your helmet is assigned to you. You don't touch it. That's just the way it is. If you're a hockey player, the mask of the goalie could be unique, but they always had something about the team on it. And a Roman soldier, I, they probably had some individual things that they could engrave on there, but they all had the same helmet. It would identify them as a team. So when it says, take up the helmet and the sword, it has to be something that is identifying us, something that is setting us apart, something that is uniquely making us part of the army of God. Because I don't take up my salvation and put down my salvation. And truly, what's going to protect our mind is more faith than anything else. When I have a problem with something attacking my mind, I don't grab for my salvation, do I? Oh, am I saved? Oh, I hope I, I need to go read some scriptures on being saved. No, if I'm being attacked in my mind, I'm going to get scriptures that are on the lines of that attack. If it's financial, if it's healing, whatever it is, I'm going to get scriptures on that, not scriptures on, am I saved? So I think we're misunderstanding this piece of armor by this, and certainly by the word take up, or take the, the helmet of salvation. Because we are to as, uh, as Vines put it, we are to take or to receive this, to take up this, this helmet with gladness, with happiness, with readiness. If you were a fan of a particular team and you finally got the opportunity to be on that team and they handed you the helmet of that team to go out in that field and wear that, what, would you put it on with reluctance? Oh, i got to wear one of these. <laughs> what would you do? Oh, I got one. One of these. When you finally earned the status of a Roman soldier and they handed you the armor and you took that helmet, I got her. And you put that on and you look at yourself in the mirror and you are adorned with what is of that kingdom. And people identify you with the kingdom of Rome. Our helmet should identify us with the kingdom of God. There needs to be something unique, something about this that identifies me and brings me into this. So again, Ephesians, we'll get into more of that as we, as we go on here. Take up and take the helmet of salvation and take the helmet of salvation. Now, salvation here, what is it, it is you, what is it you're going to take up about salvation? I'm not putting down being saved and taking up being saved. We're not saved one day and unsaved another day. I take it up. 
means, means something different than I'm saved or not saved. Well, we know that Jesus is the only way, right? As far as the army of God is concerned, Jesus is the only way. When people in the kingdom of God are asked, are there any other ways to get saved? What should our response be? No, Jesus is the only way. But what about all these other people and these other religions? Jesus is the only way. Well, that's kind of closed-minded about you, isn't it? Jesus is the only way. I didn't say that. The Bible said it. Well, how do you know the Bible's true? I believe the Bible's true. If you don't believe the Bible's true, then that's fine. Live that way and find out what happens at the end. But I'm okay with it. I know that Jesus is alive. His word is true. And Jesus is the only way. Now, all religions are saved by man's work. Ours, Jesus, we're saved by His work. His work in life, His work in death, and the resurrection. Life, death, and the resurrection. That sets us apart. The Christian religion is set apart because we believe not in our own works for our salvation, but what the works of Jesus did for us. And we believe that Jesus is the only way. The only way. And so when we go out and we put on the helmet of salvation, what is the helmet of salvation but? Hello, Jesus is the only way. And then so the attacks of the enemy are to try and say, well, are you sure that you know, people can't get saved? What, about if, what if they're sincere? What are they trying to get you to do? Take your helmet off. No, sir, we fly our colors. Our colors are Jesus is the only way. I am saved by the works of Jesus. I am saved because of what he did, not by what I did. It's not my works, it's his works. It's not that I am perfect. I am perfect through his perfection. There is no, no man can come to the Father except by Him. And so we hang on to that part. And so that is our helmet. That, when we put that helmet on that says, Jesus is the only way, that attracts attention from the enemy. If you get up in this world today and you say, Jesus is the only way, what happens? <laughs> Doesn't that attract attention? Doesn't the enemy seem to... Phew! Focus in on here. Hey, we got a helmet over here. We have someone is putting on the colors of the kingdom of God. Now, if you're going to put on the colors of the kingdom of God, and you're going to put that helmet on that displays Jesus is the only way, it's going to say something about you. For one thing, you are more confident in the army you are with than the army that is against you. If you take that helmet off and hide that helmet, well, you know, maybe Jesus isn't the only one. Maybe, you, you know, if they're sincere, all right, maybe, you know, I don't know, it's up to God. Maybe God will bring other people. If we begin to take that helmet off, I'm no longer flying those colors, am I? But the Word of God says, if you declare me before men, I will declare you in other words, I read it this way. If you put the helmet on in life, <laughs> put the helmet on. If you're going to go out to war, if you're going to go out into battle, if you're going to go out into the world, put the helmet on. But people will see. Yeah, put the helmet on. 
but people will know. Yeah, put the helmet on. If people ask you a question, do you really believe that Jesus is the only way? Think to yourself, I've got the helmet on. If I don't have it on, take it up. Jesus is the only way. But do you think everybody else is going to hell? I'm sorry, I don't think that. I know it from the Word of God. <laughs> this is what it says. Jesus is the only way. Is that not a helmet? The most distinctive thing you see of a Roman soldier when it comes by, the first thing that people think of is not so much the shield. It's not the breastplate. It's not the belt. It's not the shoes. It's the helmet. It's that big red fluff thing that's up there on the top. Gold metal. Brass or whatever it is, but it's golden color. That sets the Roman soldier apart. This sets us apart from everyone else. When we take this up, when we put this on, we are ready for those questions that come to us. Is Jesus the only way? And I say, oh yeah, he is. Because the devil will try and first off get you to compromise that. Well, don't be so bold about that. You don't need to be quite so bold with, with all that. No, I am going into the world. Remember, the purpose of a Roman soldier's armor was to protect the soldier and advanced the interests of the kingdom. That's the purpose of the Roman soldier. It was to protect the soldier and to advance the influence of the kingdom. Because the only way that you can influence, advance the influence of the Roman Empire is if the Roman soldier stayed alive. So he put the helmet on and the sword. Take up the helmet of salvation, or take this helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. When you go out with a sword, you better have your helmet. And you be distinctive. Salvation is through Jesus and through Jesus alone. And the world will come against you. And the world will try and get you to compromise that. And the world will try and get you to put that away. No, don't be so adamant on that. You need to just uh, back off on that a little bit. And we've heard preachers that have gone on shows and and had backed off that a little bit. They took the helmet off. Don't go out into the battle without your helmet on. But it's making me a target. <laughs> Better to be a target of the enemy than not to be identified with the army of God. Oh, far better to die with your helmet on than to live with it off. I'd rather die confessing Jesus Christ is my Lord than to die having compromised that. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. To me, Jesus is saying, put the helmet on. Put the helmet on. Heaven when Christians in the Bible put the helmet of, of salvation on. When Abraham put it on, he was kind of apprehensive at first. He put on the helmet. But, you know, he's going into situations. And, well, you know, don't, don't say to your my wife because they may kill me. Let's not do, let's not, well, let's not say this. That's not, you know, he's kind of tentative, but he got bolder as he went on, didn't he? Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. What does that tell you about Moses? He put the helmet on. <laughs> he saw the helmet. They said, it's yours. He said, all right. And he put it on because he would rather be identified 
with the army of God than the kingdom of Egypt. When David stood against the giant and the armies of the Philistines, what did he do? I'm of God. I serve God. And you're dead before Him. He put the helmet on. He declared it all the time. I'm a servant of God. I go out to do the bidding of God. Before he went into battle, he said, God, do we go into this battle? God says, yeah, go for it. He went out as a servant of God. Daniel stood out and was blessed and persecuted, wasn't he? Daniel put that helmet on. I'm, no, we're, we're of God. We're not going to eat that stuff. It's been sacrificed to idols. We're, gonna, we're not going to eat it. We're going to stay with the vegetables. We like meat, but we're not eating meat sacrificed to idols. But, but then you won't be as strong and they'll get mad at me. And I'll tell you what, you do a little experiment. You just see if we aren't stronger than the rest of those guys. We won't eat that stuff. What do they do? Put the helmet on. It separated them from the kingdom of the world and identified them with the kingdom of God. Daniel kept on praying. He put the helmet on, right? He didn't hide it before. He wasn't going to hide it now. He put that helmet on. All could see. There he is praying and they all came in. Threw him into the lion's den. His buddies stood up when everybody else bowed. They stood. What are they doing? This is a helmet. This, it, it's flashing out to everybody. We are not with you. We are of a different army. They were saved before. They were saved now. But they put the helmet on. It's made them stand out. Become distinctive. Elijah. How many times did he have that helmet on? He'd go into battle. He's, he's Elijah against everybody. Elijah against 50. Elijah against this group. Elijah against the king. He didn't care. He put the helmet on. I serve God. The king tries to blame him for the stuff. Now, nah, king, you did it. You did it. I serve God. You don't. Peter and John were persecuted. They came up to the guy at the, the gate. And there he was lame. And they said, Silver and gold we do not have, but such as we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus. Rise up. They didn't do that, did they? They said, In the name of Jesus. Rise up and grabbed them by the hand and pulled them up. They weren't timid. They were right out there in the name of Jesus. And they're brought before the council. And they said, you will not preach in this name anymore. Well, you determine. Should we listen to you or should we listen to God? Now, we're going to keep on preaching in the name of Jesus. And they get on out there, their own company, and they begin to pray. And they pray for more boldness. Father God, we want to put our helmet on even more. Make the red rain bigger. <laughs> Let people see it even further away. We want them to see this. We're going to go out and preach in the name of Jesus. We're going to become distinctive. Paul faced adversity from Jews and Gentiles and power from God. There was adversity, but there was power. So much so that you know, Peter, he's just walking on by people and the shadow falls on them and they get healed. Claws were brought over to Paul and they were taken from the demon spirits would leave people's bodies. There was such a power in Paul's ministry that a sorcerer asked to buy it. Can I buy this power? 
<laughs> you can't do that. So even though Paul, even though the helmet attracted a whole lot of attention from the enemy, it also brought the power of God because he put the helmet on and he declared Jesus to all people. If you were a Roman soldier, what name were you declaring to all people? Caesar. If you're in the kingdom of God, what name are you declaring to all people? Jesus. Jesus. Boy, the list can keep on going on. How many people can we go through and, and see who put the helmet on? Head with the guy we just looked at on Sunday. Born blind. He's kind of timid at first, wasn't he? But as we went on through it, oh, he's getting bolder. He was getting bolder and pretty soon, yeah, go ahead and put me out. <laughs> That's all right. He's, he's declaring allegiance to, to Jesus. And he's not even a day old as far as the things of God are concerned. We put the helmet on. Take up the helmet. I don't always carry this with me. But there are situations that call for me to be bold. There are situations that I go in and I need to be declaring the name of Jesus. I need to be saying, Jesus is the way. I need to recognize this is the situation and I need to have my helmet on. If you're a football player, you may not need the helmet on the sidelines a whole lot, but you know if you're getting the call to go out into the field, that helmet goes on. If you're a Christian and you're representing God, the kingdom of God, and He sends you out into a situation, my helmet goes on here. I declare the power of Jesus, the power of His name. And we can look at all the people in the Bible and how bold they were with the name of Jesus. How they declared, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Paul would get into a whole group of people. I think it was, uh, uh, it was in Corinth that he came to and they had all these gods all over the place. And he uh, gets up there in front of them and says, I see that you have a statue to an un unknown God. I'm here to tell you about him. He didn't attack all the other ones. He told them about the unknown God. And as they grew and matured, the Corinthian church, he told them, you've got to leave those other gods alone. This is the one that you go after. But he would stand up and he would declare the name of Jesus. And that's how we need to go. Old Testament, New Testament. They all did what they, whatever was part of their salvation, they would wear it. They would put it out there so that all could see. I am of the Most High God. Again, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused it. I'm not going to... I mean, there's no easier way to go. He's got everything he could want. The richest kingdom in the world at this time. And he's heir to it. And he says, you know what? I think being with the other team is better. I'm going to go join the other team. I'm going to put that helmet on. I'm going to take off my Egyptian helmet and I'm going to put on a, king, uh, a kingdom of God helmet. They weren't going around declaring the name of Jesus at that time. But what was part of their salvation? They stood up and they declared it. And we're looking for Messiah. Salvation of God to come. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. When you put the helmet on, understand, it will bring attention. Some of it will not be good. 
Some of it you won't like. Some of it you're going to wish, oh, I wish I didn't have that one. Mm-mm. No, I don't, don't like that a bit of attention that comes in. But it doesn't matter. You stand up, you put that helmet on. I don't have to put the helmet on all the time. I don't have to walk around all the time declaring, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. But I'm going to see when the battle comes up and whenever it's questioned, is Jesus really the only way? Hang on a minute. Grab my helmet. Put it on. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is the only way. That's the flag I'm going to fly. That's the declaration I'm going to make. That's the thing I'm going to be carrying. Jesus is the only way. We have things to protect our mind. There's pieces of armor for that. But this is one I need to take up. This is one I need to go out there and make an effort with, just like with the sword. I need to take hold of this. I need to seize it. There it is. I know it's right here. It's right here where I need it to be. And I go over there and I seize that thing. And I put it on. This is the time. This is the time I need it. And I'm going to put that on. It's there to protect me, sure. Because I decided I need to make sure that I'm identified with the kingdom of God. I don't want to get come under friendly fire. Because in the army, that's why you put the distinctive colors on that would separate you from other people. I don't want to become under friendly fire. Because I have more confidence in the army that I'm with than the army that I'm against. If we take off the helmet, how can we say to God, I have more confidence in you than I do in the enemy? We're saying, when we take that off, well, God, I love you, but right now I have a little more confidence in the enemy. I'm going to put this down. Even though Daniel did it, and no one else was standing with him. Elijah, no one else was standing with him. Peter and John, it's just the two of them. Paul, many times he's by himself. Many times he was beaten for his declaration. But he didn't take the helmet off. When he was in battle, he kept that on. He's not going to compromise. Even back in the book of Daniel, they were offered. Hananiah, if you bow down right now, we won't do this to you. Right now, just bow down. No, sir. No, sir, we're not going to do it. We're going to keep this on. Because I have more confidence in my God than I do in all your forces that I see here before me. Do we have that kind of confidence? Remember, these are weapons to fight the schemes of the devil. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. The shoes of peace. These are things that should be with us all the time. But at times I need to take up Anna Lambano, the shield of faith. Now something I didn't make mention of last time with the shield of faith. With the shield of faith, what it's talking about here is against the things that the enemy throws at you, the fiery darts. But faith is used in a whole lot more. Faith is more than just a shield. He's not talking about when you need to Speak to things. He's talking about when the enemy is throwing his fiery darts. I need to take up the shield of faith. This is for the fiery darts. When I go out into the battle, into the enemy's place, I need to 
take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Because now I'm getting ready for a particular type of battle, a particular type of thing that's going to come against me. And these are the things that are, are there. But the shoes of peace, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth should be about you all the time. Having put on. I need to have put on these things. I need you to stay, stay there with me. Father, we thank you for the helmet of salvation. We are proud to wear the colors of the kingdom of God. We are proud to be able to say things, speak things, and believe things that set us apart, set us as distinctive from the rest of the world. We are unique. We don't mind standing up for that. So when a situation calls for us to take a stand, we will take the helmet of salvation, which broadcasts to everyone around, I am of the kingdom of God. I am of those who believe that Jesus is the way. I believe in Jesus. He is my Savior. And you can believe in Him too. Though that may attract attention, it is not something we should ever take off or put aside or not bring out anymore. But whenever we see that the situation calls for it, we take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and we go into battle. We declare, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the way. There is no other way to the Father except through Him. And all may come. Father, we thank You for making us distinctive part of Your army. We wear Your colors. We represent Your kingdom. And all will know that's a Christian. Some may like it, some may not. But all may know because of the helmet of salvation. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.